Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. It is April 9th. 2018. My goodness. My goodness is right. We're already in the second quarter. Yeah, right. I guess, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we are. And yeah. coming up on tax day, too. I, I do. You know something? There was, a, there was a time when I used to always get the extension, and I wouldn't do them until October, but now I just do it immediately. Mine were done as soon as I got all my stuff. Mine's at the accountant now. Yeah, I mean, it. that's one thing that I always procrastinated with, and I always found myself, like, still having to do it anyway, so why not just get it out of the way? <laughs> just do it and yeah. get it over with, yes. Yeah. So, speaking of just getting it out of the way, I don't know if I said um, a couple of weeks ago that my vision was getting a little bit goofy in one eye. Yeah, you did. Yeah, well, so I went, I went uh, to the VA which I think is excellent, by the way. Um, I went to the VA two days ago, and I had an eye test. And the reason why I'm noticing uh, the vision getting fuzzy is because that's my, my predominant eye. Mm-hmm. And she said that my left eye will never, ever have the value of my right. And that's where I'm losing the, the um, I don't want to say sight, but it's getting a little fuzzy because I'm, I'm, I'm losing sight, I guess. So she, she she did a test, and she said, oh, by the way, she says, you have a cataract in your eye. I told you it was a cataract. But listen, but listen, she said it's so far off out of the way that I can only see it when it's dilated, when your eyes are dilated. So it's not having any effect on your vision whatsoever. She said, but one morning, this is the kind of um, cataract you have, one morning you may wake up. And have no vision in that eye whatsoever. I oh said, What do you mean? She said, You could wake up tomorrow morning and have no vision. She said, Don't panic. Now you know. Get here and we'll straighten it out. She says, If you go to the hospital, they do all kind of goofy stuff. It's too invasive. She said, If you lose sight in your eye, then at least you are aware that this may be something that happens. And now we know how to. Go about it. Well, at that point, would they extract the cataract? Yeah, yeah. She yeah. Would, they would do the they would do the thing, but she said that um, a lot of people panic, and the hospital doesn't know what to do with you. So you just sit there and you're wasting all this time in the right. hospital where I could be at the. You, know, you already the know what it is. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, so so I thought that was kind of random. So every morning I wake up, I'm like. Around. Yeah, so just be careful. They snuck some fentanyl in on me when I had my cataract surgery. Yeah? Yes, and it is not necessary. I did not know they were going to do that. I got very sick afterward because opioids make me now, sick. Was that, was that to relax you? Or? I guess. Wow. I, I told them I didn't. They usually give a drug called Versed, which uh-huh. kind well, of I've gives of you that, no yeah. memory yeah. of the, the entire event. I said I didn't want it because it affects people in my family badly. It gave my aunt amnesia for like a year. What? Yes. It's wow. it's not a good drug. So And well this is a thing that everybody's dying off of too. So yeah, it's absolutely not a good drug. 
So apparently they gave me fentanyl because when I went to have the other one done, they said, did you have problems? I said, yes, I was very ill. And he looked at it and said, well, have you ever had a problem with opioids? Yes. Well, the other anesthesiologist had given me fentanyl. Uh, he probably should have just given you a little of uh, a Valium or a Xanax or something you like that. You don't really kind of, need anything. No, you don't. It's not but a I mean, painful were, surgery at all. No, no, because they freeze your eye, right? But you have well, you don't have nerves in your eye. But you need to have it open. Yeah. Right. Well, they, so they you pry see, it open. They have devices that pry it. Right. Open. Okay. Like almost like the the, the dental um, yeah. dam thing. There. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's not particularly pleasant, but it's not necessary to have any drugs. So no. Just a word of caution. Yeah. Don't well, let them give you opioids. I, I, I have I, it I on my chart now that I'm allergic to them. Yeah. Well, they know that at the VA as well. It's so I don't think that would be something that um, would ultimately come up. Well, but but now that you say that. Um, it's a, it's a good idea to let them know. Yeah, you know, and and it's funny because you know, and this kind of this is like totally off of of our our normal conversation, but um, like I was telling you in Russia, I read something today that you know, like they gave you fentanyl to for your eye, which which was something that you didn't even need. I read an article today that this young lady, twenty three, I think in Russia, went in for routine surgery, and they gave her formalin. They gave her... Um, An IV? Yeah, they gave her a formalin IV, and, and it, they, they embalmed her while they were, while they were operating on her. I don't understand it. how the two could be confused. I'm I, not even sure why I don't even know why they would be it. on the same rack, why yes. they would be even in the same room, and exactly. why even the hospital would have it. Well, they, I don't know about Russia, but here everything has a barcode. So yeah. you barcode it before you give it to the patient. Yeah, and, they, and they're, they're probably not that advanced. Right. But so, you know, and, and when I was in Argentina, I got in a, in a car accident, and I was terrified to take any of the medication only because of that fact. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't know what they were going to be giving me. I didn't know what their dosage was. I didn't know. What, I mean, it was many years ago, but, you know, so I just had to, like, muscle it out. I mean, I allowed them to freeze my face to put stitches in it, but the broken ribs and the compression Ooh, on my spine painful. and all that, I just laid there and said, no. No, good for you. Yeah, I mean, it, just, it goes to show that we can muscle things out. Yeah, and and but the thing is, is that if I was comfortable in 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 the United States hospital, yeah. who's to say what my reaction would have been? At that point, I would have went, okay, can I have something? Who yeah. knows? Yeah, you know, who knows what? But that's that's all mind play, right? You know, um, granted, the pain was real, and pain is always real. But, you know, depending on the situation is what your tolerance point is to be able to say yes or no. Exactly. Yeah. And I think sometimes we tend to tolerate less pain than we should. Yes. And that, well, we as a society, you know, like they say, you know, we're 5% of the population, but we consume 80% of the the drugs and all of that stuff. And we see, we see commercials. When we were kids, we used to see commercials for cigarettes. Right. Then they get then they did away with them. Right. Now we see commercials for all of these all these drugs. Drugs. It's almost every other commercial, and I don't know um, why that's really allowed. Well, it started in the '80s, and that's kind of what precipitated. It's one of the factors precipitating factors in the opioid crisis right. was that they were able to advertise, and they were able to convince people that it was safe even though it was completely not right but with with that 
with that knowledge now, when when the Marlboro Man came on or Camel Joe came on, in that time they didn't know the damage that cigarettes were doing. Well, they did, but they just didn't look yeah, at didn't it. Talk almost about like it. what they're doing right. now with exactly. And so, why aren't we as a society saying, why are they pumping this into our living rooms? You know, I mean, they stopped the cigarette ads. They even stopped cigarette machines. You know, and now they you can turn on the TV and turn to any channel and it'll be a drug for hair loss, a drug for uh, coping with this or that or, you know, yeah, so diabetes, yeah. COPD, whatever you whatever you've got, there's a drug on TV for it. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, they rush through all the side effects, which are scary as <laughs> yeah. all get out, you know, and that's why they usually rush death, them, yeah. you know, death, death, death. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I saw an article today, and this is still kind of off the topic, but we consume a huge amount of psychiatric drugs, antidepressants. There is very little known about mm-hmm. their long-term effects. They are very difficult to get off of, I mean, and well, the withdrawal from them is extremely, yeah, extremely. It's it couldn't be worse than it can be deadly. Yeah, um, and and painful and horrible. To the point where it takes people a year or two sometimes to get off. And they, they had another name for it. They didn't call it withdrawal. They had, I forget what it was. You know, it was a, a way of making it sound a little better. But it, it, it exactly what it is mm-hmm. is withdrawal because what it does is suppress the the chemicals that your brain would naturally make, the dopamine and, and or serotonin. So when you go off it, you're not making anything in your right, brain. So you, just, so yeah. you feel terrible. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if, you know, at that point, uh, fortunately enough, this isn't anything that I've had to experience. I mean, I've, I've taken ones and twos, but I've never been, you know, uh, uh, on any type of depressant for longevity. I'm wondering if during that displacement of, of um, withdrawing, um, if more of those deaths are due to not being able to deal with what it is that's coming at you because you're not um, producing all that dopamine, or if it's a chemical equation or reaction to coming off that takes you out. I think it's both. Yeah. I think there's a little of both. Um you know, people get brain zaps. They start foaming at the mouth. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, it's it's pretty awful. Yeah, I mean, I it, it and and the sad thing is, is on the front end, the individual that's prescribing it, they don't see that stuff because you're already gone by that time. You don't. You, you're not seeing that. I, I don't know because, like I said, I've never been on it that long. But I don't think that you're seeing the same individual that originally prescribed you. No, it's generally your primary care physician. It's yeah. not even a psychiatrist who's yeah. evaluated to, to see do you really need it. I mean, I think they are they are necessary for a very controlled small group of patients who uh-huh. do have true mental health issues. But you know, if you're feeling sad about something, you don't need to take a drug. I'm no, sorry. but I, but I also think, and, and through through some experience that I've had, not. Not anything other than, you know, basic um, seeing a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I think a psychiatrist is more apt to prescribe than a psychologist is. Well, a psychologist can't. Yeah. But what I'm saying is is that a psychologist will sit and muscle through right, with you right. instead of referring you to somebody who can instead right. of masking what it is that exactly, you're. Exactly. Yeah. 
And and it you know it appears to me that and I I don't want to bash psychiatrists but no 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 absolutely it, not it because does I don't know appear about it. that a lot of them have just become prescribers rather than somebody who does the talk Next. therapy and all of that yeah well I mean that's what happened to family practice doctors yeah. you know what I mean they they also became prescribers and over prescribers yeah. because that is the environment that they are pushed into being. Yeah, because of you know? the way our healthcare system is working right yeah, now, unfortunately. Yeah, sadly. And, you know, until we can get a handle on that piece of it, because we can do all our due diligence in the in the country to have all of these laws passed and this and that and the other thing, and if the doctors are still in that mode of prescribing, they're going to do it until we get rid of them. Exactly. You know, and is it is it educating the doctors while all this is going on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nurses, my mother, for the longest time, still had to go for CEUs and all of that right. stuff. Every single year, she had so many to keep her license intact. I don't know if doctors need to do that. Yes, they do. They do? Yes. But, I, I do as well for my certification. Right, no, yeah. But I don't necessarily know if you can pick and choose um, an ankle sprain as you, as a CEO. Oh, yeah. You, can, you yeah. can probably pick and choose whatever you want within your specialty. Yeah. Well, I mean, if a doctor wants to call in and let us know uh, what they do for CEUs, that would be great. <laughs> Give us a call, 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a moment. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent, inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Ready to transform your health and your world? Join host Melissa Alexander for Insight Living with Vitality. Melissa and her guests go behind the scenes on what it takes for practitioners and clients to transform themselves and others. She provides insight to medical procedural breakthroughs, available product resources, and explains lifestyle choices designed to improve and expand your vitality. It's time to get rid of that baggage, remove those blockages, and prevent buildup from hindering your progress in life. Tune in every month. Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. And we're back for segment two. I guess we kind of talked a little bit about, about our uh, personal issues uh, <laughs> in, the, in the first segment, but that's okay. It, it just makes us uh, more human. Actually, speaking of that, I wanted to reach out to everyone that is listening to us around the world. Every week that I get these um, reports, it's a, it's a weekly report. Of course, the majority of our audience is the United States. And then the second largest audience is Ireland and the United Kingdom, which is a which is a great number. I couldn't I didn't want to just want to throw out a number right now, but many people do listen. I don't think they're listening live, they're listening on demand. Right. So uh, like I'm saying now, you know, if if you're listening live, tell your friends that they can they can listen on demand. They can all they have to do is go to the uh, Voice America website, the Health and Wellness Channel, find my name, Ray Lynch, or sh- the show Miracles in Recovery, and you can click um, most recent episode or even the other ones are all stacked there. By all means, get this show out there because you know I love to have my voice heard, and I love to look at that chart and see that there's people in China, there's people in Japan, Russia, Indonesia. I mean, is, does that mean somebody's smoking weed while they're listening to us a lot? I think it's kind of cool that, that that many people understand us around the world. You know, I, I really only yeah. speak one language, so it's it's interesting that people can hear us speaking English and understand us in countries think, where that's not the primary language. And the amazing thing is, is that countries that English isn't the primary language, a lot of people within those countries speak more than one language. Right. You know, and that, what does that say about us? That we're lazy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, how many, how many people do you know that speak, that are, that are American, that speak more than two languages? My brother. How many does he speak? Four, oh, right? probably four or five, but he lived all over the world. Yeah, but that's, well, that's what I'm saying, one. Yeah. Or, or, you know, one of many, whereas in other countries, you always hear, like, the first lady, what does she speak, seven? Yeah, six or seven, I think. You know what I mean? So, like, and, and there's other people that have come f- in our world from other countries that speak an abundance of languages. So, you know... I don't even know where I'm going with that, but I mean, I just think it's pretty cool to be able to. When I was down in Argentina, I could understand what they were saying, and I could speak to them in their language without any type of um, 
clarification to it. I spoke like an American just saying Spanish words. Right. And they could kind of understand what I meant, but I would have to, you know. And the funny thing was is that they they used to laugh and say, here's that junkie. Oh, yeah? And I'm like, junkie? Uh, how the hell do you know I do, you know? It's Yankee. Ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they were calling. They were calling me a junkie. I thought, and I'm like, well, were they looking at my arms or like? But and this was even when I was clean. I was many years clean. I at was going to say, were you a junkie at that? No, point? no, not at all. You know, I, I was never really a junkie when I was active. Gone don't make junk, right? Exactly. exactly. So, you know, I'm just grateful today that we have this voice and we can connect with people. And it's probably the same people. I wouldn't think that 720, and I'm just going to throw that number out there, 720 people in Japan are completely different than the ones that listened last True. week. True. You know, so our message must be ringing and making sense somehow. And I'm grateful to be able to share. You know, I'm grateful that we're, we're in a studio and we are able to, we've been doing this how long now? Gosh, off and on for years. And I think... Since 2010, I think. Is this since 20... Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we've been on all these different mediums, and I think this is the one that makes the most sense for our message. Definitely. You know, because we, you know, we don't get much interaction. I mean, I get emails of people who want to come on and, and, and be guests and everything like that. We don't get much interaction with the audience. And that's okay, because I understand the topic. If this was about something else... Oh, politics, please. People oh, would be calling people would be, the, the phones would be blowing yes. off the hooks, because everybody has an opinion. Not everybody wants to share their tale of woe with addiction, and I get it. You know, and, um, you know, so... so we're good with just sharing our experience, strength, and hope. I, I still try to throw the number out there, 866-472-5792, for the person who wants to call in and just say, hello. Uh, we don't even have to talk about addiction. Just Or if, tell us your story. Sometimes you know, yeah. sometimes people have stories of hope that I think other people would like to hear. Yes, very much so. And, or your, and, you know, your experience, strength, and hope. It's helpful. Yeah, and you know the thing is, is that hearing the same two people sharing a message sometimes it's always sometimes you get a better, a different angle when somebody else calls right. in. That's why I that's why I love it when we have a guest um, because it's not just you and I saying what it is that we say. It's somebody else giving the same message. It's just with a different spin, maybe. Right, you know, and um, you know. Addiction isn't any different in Port St. Lucie, Florida, where we're sitting right now, uh, Dallas, Texas, where we're being heard, um, London, England, where we're being heard, Shanghai, where we're being heard. Yeah. It's all the same. It and, is. and it affects, like you say, it, it, it brings every single addict into the same individuals not individuals you become space, the same being you become the same being a shark is, you just yeah. eat everything up in your way exactly and uh you know that emotional terrorist that i talk about all right to me it's almost emotionless right there, but i know you know from, from looking at it on the outside it seems yeah. to me emotionless don't care about anything or anybody including yourself the only mm -hmm. you know the only thing is Ways to get the means. next yep. the next drug the next fix the next way right. 
Yeah. The next high, I guess. You're always seeking well, that. Well, the next, the next E is what it is because you don't really get high, you know? Well, you keep yourself from getting sick, whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just nuts. It's, it's, it's yeah, a freaking rat race it's is what sad. it is. And, and, yeah. But it's, it's, you know, it's terrible to be on the outside looking in and not being able to do anything about it. And as twisted as, twisted as it is, um, I'm grateful that I walked through everything that I did, all the pain and suffering. And I'm not grateful that I put this burden on my family, but I have a definite respect for their reaction to it right. looking back at it you know i mean i wouldn't wish it on on my neighbor's family but um coming through the other side and being able to grow as a family unit i think gave us or has given us a lot of tools to be able to, and this was just because of my chaos, to be able to deal with all these other things that go on in life, the right. real life situations, you know, um, anything that comes to your door, anything that comes to my door now, I have the ability to be able to deal with in yeah, one way or another. you seem to be able to take a step back and think about things. You don't just react. Right. You respond. And that that is truly a gift. And And it's an art. You know, not everybody can do that. To be able to take whatever gets thrown at you and instead of just becoming hysterical or doing the first thing that comes to mind, <laughs> you can take a step back, think about how you want to handle it. I mean, you might get mad and stuff like that. You're human, right. but you still have the tools to be able to make a an educated decision okay. yeah, I, I, or the best say... possible decision you can make, you know, sometimes in a bad situation. Yeah. Not, and it's not really even calculated because, you know, like it, I guess you're playing with words when you're saying that because I, it is good to be able to step back for a moment and even watch somebody else react that doesn't have the ability to be able to process as right. well. They haven't gotten to that point yet or, you know, sadly they may never. And being in traffic with somebody sitting in the passenger seat, simple and something happens and, you know. The reaction is laughable inside to me yeah. because it's something that was totally useless. It just ruined your moment, you know? Yeah, and it's something you don't have control over. And I guess that's no. one of the things that we're taught, you know, as part of the recovery tools. But I have heard in all of my process that, and it was, and it was something good to hear, that, that I don't know what it's called, but that immediate rage you're not angry at that situation. You're angry at something else in your life. Right. And you're using that situation to allow it to come forward. So, um, you know, I, I don't want to get into all the psycho stuff about it, but with listening to that and hearing that, it allowed me to get through those situations and think, okay, well, it's not about this. What is it about? Right. Figure and out what's And there were a really lot of wrong. things that I got to work on because of hearing that. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to process anger. I guess it's easier to take it out on a stranger in another car. You know, <laughs> screaming, honking the horn. Yeah. Making lewd gestures, all of that stuff. Mm. Makes a lot of people happy. I don't know if it makes him happy, but it it, it, it gives him a little bit of uh, a release, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and if you couldn't even say you were content at that point because you hang on to it, and you know until oh, yeah. something else happens. Yeah, 
you know? You have highway retribution sometimes. Yeah. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, you were stuck behind a train. Yeah. And, and oh, I was so mad. Right. <laughs> right. I was so and there mad. was absolutely nothing you could do about it because no. you couldn't go left because the train was still there and you couldn't go right because the train was going there yeah. and there was no way around right. it. There was no way. And there, yeah. well, it wasn't just one train, it was two. Right. And I didn't know another one was coming. But you're right. I, you know, I was running late and that's why I was mm-hmm. upset. But I you was made afraid it. I wouldn't get here on time. But, but you I made did. it. Yeah, and Just, didn't get a speeding ticket either. Thank yeah, goodness. yeah, but so, so all of that, all of that displaced anger, um, is a good starting point. And and you know we know that there's always something that we're we 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 can justifiably fume over in our lives that has nothing to do with the train. Right. Um. So yeah, but I mean, it's always a good starting point to to say why am I angry at the car in front of me when. They didn't take off at the light, immediate green. Right, right. You know, so I think little things like that allowed me the patience factor. I pray, I used to pray for patience, and I and I could never ever sit still enough. Oh, I always heard, don't it. pray for patience because you will certainly get plenty of situations in which to practice and, it. Well, I mean, I needed patience. I, 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 I couldn't sit still, and I needed patience. And that was one of the things that, you know, they say don't, you know, be careful what you ask for. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much so. But it also allowed me the ability to hear, hey, it's not that you're not pissed off at the guy in front of you, there's something else going on right. that you may need to possibly work out. Okay, well, working on that allowed me the ability to find patience. Not always, but it allowed me to f- the ability, at least in traffic, I don't get all goofy anymore. I don't. Well, because because that has nothing to, my surroundings have nothing to do with me. I mean, I can't, I can't, I mean, if, you know, if I got in an accident or something like that, I probably wouldn't be too happy. But somebody acting like an idiot on the road, there's nothing I can do about right. it. Right. And it's not your you business, know? really. No. Unless, you know, unless they were causing an accident. True. And, you, right. and you're right. That that gives me something to think about because I still get irritable in traffic. Mm-hmm. And I hate getting stuck behind that stupid train. But like I said, we all we all have things to uh, we all think have things in our lives that we can think. Okay, that's an angry that's that's an angry thought for me. I'll throw it back in the closet until jackass in front of you yeah. slams on the brakes. Yeah, then you get yeah. mad. You can yell. And yeah, scream. that's true. I I'm gonna have to really start practicing thinking about that. Yeah. When I find myself getting irritated about stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could I get irritated at work all the time. Maybe I need to start thinking about that. Oh yeah, yeah, and and you, I, I think those are those little growth spots that are put in our way that a higher power puts in our way to be able to. Start accepting growth. Or life on life's terms. Yeah, I mean, life on life's terms is a, is a simple way to put it. But without, without growth, life on life's terms is still getting angry at the idiot in well, front of you. that's true. You know, so I, I think that these things happen, um, and, and I see them today, and I see them because they're very clear. I'm not saying that I'm, you know, the almighty and everything, but I, I can see where I am today, where I was just a short five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And, um, it gives me gratitude 
not that somebody's acting like a knucklehead on the road, but it gives me gratitude that I don't have to feed into this space. That right. They're renting space in my head that's it's not free. Yeah. No, it's Because I pay a price for it. Taking up way too much of your time. Yeah. And I think that it's important to step back and be able to think like that. And it's an art. It really is. Yeah, but you know the and thing. And a skill. Yeah, it, it is. But but that goes out. That that all goes out the window when one of my loved ones is running around like a nut. Yeah. You know what I mean? When when I can't decipher what is, uh, where I should be helping and and why aren't they taking my advice or assistance and you know so all of that does still go out the window nobody's nobody's perfect you know i've mastered traffic <laughs> <laughs> well you still have to st- you have to take a step back with family too and you, you know when you're talking about you know an addict that's it's so hard. very difficult yeah, that's, it is that's very very difficult but yeah. like we were talking about last week sometimes the family has to take a step back and and try to hone those same type of skills in dealing with what's going on with the yeah, addict, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, and and the the beauty thing about that is is that once you get through it, the to, to look back on who I am, who I was, and hopefully where I'm going, um, it's it's all part of personal growth, and and I don't think that you know. God or my higher power puts these people in my way so I can grow. I mean, everybody has their own. Um, just to, just to share something, and this is this is something that was um, personal with with my daughter. She um, with her first baby, they did a new um, gender test, mm-hmm. and it was a blood test. So it came back um, that her baby Amaya. Um, was chromosomally um, wrong. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, like, and I might say this wrong, but I think Down syndrome is uh, like the thirteenth chromosome, and then there's another one that's the twenty-first chromosome. She was there was something wrong with her eighteenth chromosome, and that's the trisomy trisomy eighteen or trisomy thirteen it's when babies are born for like seventy two hours and they're deformed and like completely all you know they don't make it right Amaya right. is an angel right but and she's you know, beautiful and she went to this doctor she was fourteen and a half weeks when she found this out she had to wait until she was x amount uh, to do a um, what is it when they do the the amniocentesis amniocentesis so it was like a month she had to wait and the doctor the doctor told her this is a you know this is your first pregnancy you're 27 years old there shouldn't be anything wrong everything looks good we're going to have to wait to do this right so they went in on a wednesday they did it the doc you know she cried this whole month oh, because yeah. she didn't yeah, she didn't yeah. know you know Gosh. what i mean like this is this is my burden i have to carry i'm going to carry the baby to the term and you know um the doctor called her on a saturday morning at 6:30 in the morning oh wow she was like oh no he called her he said he said i just want to let you know that your baby's perfect wow right your baby is perfect um then she went through the well why me? And I said to her, I said, Janelle, take yourself out of the situation for a moment. Maybe that doctor needed 
a good Saturday. He deals with these people and these situations all the time. Yeah, very sad situations. So maybe you were just a vehicle to give him a happy Saturday with his family. Yeah. You know, and she said, you know, I never thought of it that way. And That's a really good way to turn it around. Yeah, I mean, how else could you? You know, I mean, like you you go through the you go through the whole, you know, like why has this happened to me? And then you go through the anger of, well, why was this put on me if if this was the if result? If it wasn't even true, yeah, and, you know, I yeah. suffered for all that time. Yeah. So I just said, take yourself out of your situation, and be grateful that you gave that doctor a happy Saturday with his family, because you know. Monday, he's going back into work, or Sunday, he's calling somebody saying your results were positive, you know? Right. So, we, um, with that, I just kind of like threw myself for a loop. So, what we'll do is we're going to go to break. Dial 866 472 5792. That's 866 472 5792. And my Maya's a little angel. She She is. is. She's beautiful. We'll be back in a moment. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you tired of the healthcare system only treating your symptoms and never addressing the root cause? Discover how integrative medicine can resolve health issues through dietary and lifestyle changes and the use of natural supplements. Increase your energy, memory, mood, immune system, sexuality, and more. Join Dr. Sunil Pai and Maureen Sutton to help you take back your health with natural evidence-based solutions. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Have you figured out what to attract in your life in order to make it successful? There are those who can and those who can learn. Your intensified energy gives you willpower to move the bar forward and be happy. Happy people spread their energy throughout their lives, and once they figure it out, go on to be successful at nearly everything they set their mind to. Join host Ellen Morano and her panel of guest experts and co-hosts on Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health and Wellness. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, welcome back to our third segment. It is still April 9th. April 9th. <laughs> I was just wanting to see if you were paying attention to what I was saying because um, I forgot what the date was. 
but yeah, uh, you know, today's been uh, a little different of a show. I mean, not not speaking directly about addiction or recovery or anything like that, but it's some of the real life things that I've learned after. That you probably wouldn't have learned I had you have. not walked through the fires of hell that you did. No, exactly. And, that, you know, that's the thing that even even family members, you know what I mean? Like, like family members have affected me while I was in recovery uh, be, from acting out, you know, on, on their addiction. And, and um, you know, I think that my family has learned a lot of uh, valuable lessons and have a lot of tools to deal with all the other things and and those are the things you know like like they say like they say um you know go to a meeting a day okay well that's in 1 hour safe right what do you do with the other 23 you have to learn some kind of scoping coping living skill right and where do you do that you i mean you get feedback from from you know like kind but um where do you learn a lot of these mechanisms that you use today, and it's just through your own personal uh, trials and tribulations. Like I'm sure that you know you have, and I know you have grown immensely from, you know, the angry "Why did this happen to me?" woman. Right. You know, you've to grown the, immensely. Why not me? Yeah. Yeah. Why am I special? I'm not. No, you're not. And and you know, once you once we are able to grasp onto the gratitude of the gift and blessing that was given to us. I mean, like you said, we had to walk through hell, and so did you. I mean, granted, you didn't have to do the things that I had to do to get to where we are, but we still had to walk through your own personal hell to be able to find some kind of personal relief with what it is that this thing is called as life. Exactly. And I I haven't gotten to the point where I can say, and I've heard people say this and I don't understand it, that I'm grateful for my daughter being an addict. I'm not. I would really, because I love her, I would prefer that she hadn't had to go through what she had to go through. But I know there are a lot of people who say, you know, I'm grateful for my addict. I'm grateful for my alcoholic because it gave me a chance to grow and to learn more about myself and and think about the way that I react to difficult situations. And, you know, when, when you do take that step back and kind of detach from all the things that you cannot control, which is most everything, really, mm-hmm. and focus on yourself and, you know, how you are interacting with the world as a human being, it can make a huge difference. Right. And I, know, think it's, I think it's interaction, not action. It's not, it's, it's, it's act instead of react. You know, correct. it's interact instead of act. And uh, because I was a bad actor out there for many years, you know, and once I was able to interact with the people on the recovery side of my environment, could I get better? And I think that's with everyone. I think I came in kicking and screaming and still wanted to use. And um, I was even a bad actor then because I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I wanted to be. And until I embraced what it was that I was doing 100%, the obsession went away and the knowledge started flowing in to be able to give me the ability to change who I was. 
And I think that lifting of the obsession, and I've heard a lot of people say that, that the obsession was lifted. And to someone on the outside who, you know, isn't suffering from this disease, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Because you look at somebody and say, why don't you just stop? And you can't. And that was something else that I had to learn. I, you know, the, the, it's baby steps, especially at the beginning, because there's so much that you don't know. You know, if you're a family member and you're watching somebody go through this and, and you know, it, it hits you like a train and you don't know what you don't know. And there's a lot that I didn't know. I didn't know it was a disease. I thought it was bad mm-hmm. behavior. Um, I remember the first. It is bad behavior. Well, but yeah, I, I well, get you. I thought it was an immoral, you. you know, it's yeah. immoral, terrible people. And and that's not true either. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's somebody who has a, a diseased brain or brain disease that mm-hmm. that affects them spiritually, physically, you know, in every way possible. Mm-hmm. And and it's not easy to treat and it's not curable. So, you know, it has to be managed. But it is arrestable. Well, you know that's what, I mean? what I'm in saying. You're managing if I never, it. If I never act out on my on on that um, triangle, phys- physically, mentally, and spiritually, if I never compromise those, then I never have to worry about getting. You know, um, if I if I don't, you're talking about. You know, um, I, I think I think medication is is there for a reason. I try not to use it. Right. Um, but I think I would have a hopefully healthy acceptance if it was something that I had to do. And I don't mean for longevity. Like, I mean, you know, God forbid I lose my arm and they say that they, you know, they have to give me whatever yeah, for a couple of days drug, for the pain. Yeah. You know, the, the, there is there is a serious tolerance where – you know, you can't heal unless you use it. Right. Um, so I, I, I think I would keep an open channel with that because I've seen people that have done both. You know, they've copped out and taken medication and have paid a valuable price for it, some with their life, or people that had a healthy approach. And I would like to hope that the people I have around me would allow me the process of having that healthy approach to it. Right. You know, um, not everybody reverts back to who they were. I mean, I wouldn't want to give up who I am today, but I know if I didn't have a healthy approach to something coming down my way, then I'm only setting myself up for failure. Exactly. But you you have that awareness, and I think the awareness is is very important. I mean, you just had some dental surgery done, and most people would have been screaming for pain medication, but you did fine. Yeah. And, you know, you you have the awareness of what you can and can't tolerate, and I think those things are very important. Yeah. You know, being aware, knowing what's going what what's happening medically if if you're in that type of situation mm. and I do a tremendous amount of research before I take anything yeah i mean i have a a, a few friends of mine who are um diabetic mm-hmm. and they're heroin addicts like how do you do that how do you how do you put your mindset into giving yourself a shot every day when when you were giving yourself yeah. a shot every day you know but it's that healthy approach to 
what it is that you're doing. And, and you know, I have a conversation with it's, uh, one of them is a very good friend of mine, and I talk to him about it all the time. And, you know. That was the needle like a trigger? Well, yeah, for a heroin addict, that's 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 the receptacle. That's that's the driver okay. right there, right. right? That's the gun, See, right? I don't even think yeah. that way. So. Yeah, no, that's 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 it. And um, you know, so fortunately enough, that isn't something that I have to um, embrace today. But I would hope that my mindset would be as his, where it's something that's keeping him alive and keeping him healthy and keeping him, allowing him to live his life on life's terms, as they say, and grow. So, you know, I think a healthy attitude, there's people out there that are probably going to have to be on something for pain for the rest of their life. They're that banged up. Right. But you don't have to go around like a zombie because that's the case. Or take more than yeah, take That's more than saying, you need. Yeah, continue like to take more and more yeah. and more. Ask mm-hmm. for more and more and more. The pain's getting worse and worse and worse. And the reason why the pain is getting worse and worse and worse is because your mind's telling that you need more. Yeah, your disease you need is more, telling more, more, you, more. hey, yeah, right, yeah. And and it's all that it's all that mind over matter reality of. Not even knowing where you are, you know. I mean, that's that, that's the sad thing. I, 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 when I worked for the toxicology company, I would go into doctors' offices that um, they had like tens units, and they had, you know, they gave the shots mm-hmm. and all of that. And um, I saw so many people that were sick and suffering, and just accepting that as, you know, not being able to walk. And then you see people that, you know, something happens to and they and they stop and they, they get off all of the medication. And miraculously, I mean, granted, yeah, it probably still hurts a little bit, but they can walk. Yeah, they're better. Whereas when they were on medicated, <laughs> they couldn't even stand up. They had to be in a wheelchair or they had to because that's what their mind was telling them. The, mi- the mindset and their environment, the doctor's office was telling them that that's who they were going to be. And that's that's sad. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. I mean, I'm sure there are there are people who are ill. But I always felt like those drugs were really for end-of-life care, not for... Yes, I, originally know, that's what they were intended yeah. for. Yeah. yeah, or immediate after surgery, mm-hmm. you know, let, let's help with the pain, like with morphine. But my, not long term. And no, that's crazy. No, I know. My mother had her lobe, her left upper lobe taken out. She was laid out in the hospital for a day because of the blood was Right. The next day she was sitting up. By that afternoon she's like, All right, let's go. Let's go where am I? You just had major <laughs> surgery. I'm ready to go home. Well, you can't, man, because you're on medication. We need to uh-huh. Okay, let's stop that then. Let's stop that then. You got a big hole in your innards, you know what I mean? Um, but it's all about the mindset. She didn't want to be there, and she thought that she could repair at home. And this is and this is a, an alcoholic with, what do I have? 29, 29 years. I think she has 31, 32 years uh, yeah. sober. So she's been through all of that as well. You know, and she was like, okay, I don't want to be in this environment. What does it take for me to to get myself back in the comfort zone of my own home? Well, ma'am, you're going to have to deal with a little bit of pain. Okay, bring it on. 
you know, so it's not about, you know, being with me when I was active, I used that to cover physical, mental, spiritual pain. Today, I don't need that. Right. You know, I mean, physical, physically, yeah, it's going to hurt, but. It's temporary. Yeah, I've banged my head before. You know, um, I'm, I'm downplaying it by saying I banged my head when she had a lobe taken out of her lung. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's a mindset. I was, in, I, was in a, I was in a car accident, and I had a compression on my spine, broke three or four rib stitches in my face, and I just laid there for a minute and went, okay, I think I can do this in the hotel. And I checked myself out of the hospital. They told me I was a monster because I didn't want any of their pain. Their, their, <laughs> any of their drugs? Yeah, and I was like, no, I'm, I'm okay. You know, I'll get through this. I'm breathing now. Yeah. If something happens and I start filling up with blood, you people are going to be the first ones that know about it because I'll be back here. But right now, I'm okay. Just let me go. And, and I think um, that has allowed me to, and I don't say you need to get in a horrific accident, but even watching my mother, it's allowed me to realize that you don't. You're only masking the pain anyway with medication, right? And I, I've seen, you know, had the unfortunate um, responsibility to see these people in pain care clinics, hundreds. I know, hundreds a day, out know? in the parking lot waiting in line. Yeah, and and it's just it's just so sad. Fortunately enough. We're looking at that, especially down here. I mean, I know that there's there's still, um, you know, pain care clinics down here because they're a necessity, but um, they're not as flagrant and rampant as they well, were. Well, the whole idea of those pain clinics was to create addicts and then cater to addicts. Right. All over the country. They were mm-hmm. coming from literally all over the country. Yeah, flying scary. in from everywhere. Yeah, or coming you know? down, um, what is it, Interstate 95? Yeah, so yeah, I guess that express. hour went by like very quick, and yes, we didn't did. even, you know, we ta- we were talking about all kind of madness. So I guess with the uh, thirty second cue, I think you should say uh, good night, Ellen. And with miracles in recovery, hope is in your corner. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thank you for joining us this week for miracles in recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is email an important part of your business? It is for us. 
That's why Voice America partners with MailJet. MailJet lets us create impactful newsletters and deliver them right to the inbox fast. Microsoft, MIT, and Avis trust MailJet for their emailing, and so should you. Go to MailJet.com and use the promo code VOICEAMERICA to start emailing for free today. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now, and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-569-3238. That's 800-569-3238. Again, 800 